This is the EWN Podcast Network. When life and business is chaotic, it is hard to see the beauty that comes from it. But I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I am your host, Ashley Stone, and I am your chaos coordinator. I believe there's always a message in the mess we can experience in our personal lives and in business. So join me on the journey of running multiple businesses, self-caring it up, and designing a life for my family. This won't be just my story. It will be the many stories of remarkable women that have inspired me and will inspire you to discover the beauty behind the chaos. Hey beauties, my name is Ashley Stone and I am your host of Beauty Behind Chaos, where we unpack the chaos, make some sense of it, and then we discover the beauty on the other side. And y'all, I am here today, I'm here today by myself, and so we're going to record here today and share some things. I am ready to go. I'm in the middle of my chaos. I feel like every time I go by myself, and it's my episode. I'm like, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all some stories. And at the same time, I am living a story right now. Um, definitely in the midst of my chaos. But one thing I will tell you is this. No matter what I experience in life, no matter the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, I'm always going to show up. And I have a commitment to have an episode every single week. And sometimes I'm able to... Um, record some and have a few that can go out and I have like a whole schedule and I'm like all planned. And then other times, y'all, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. And that is actually true reality for me most days. Um, But it is what it is. And I'm here and I'm showing up and um, I didn't have an exact plan for this particular episode. So we just going to go for it. But one of the words that came to my mind at the beginning of this episode, right when I was about to hit record was pivot pivot, pivot, pivot. I'm in the midst of another, yet another pivot in my life. And um, it made me just kind of think like, you know what, that's going to be a really good topic to talk about because oftentimes we are um, attached to things that don't always allow us to pivot. And I feel like that's a little bit of what's going on with me right now, but I am the queen of pivot and I got stories for days on that one word alone. So we're going to dive right in and talk about the pivot. So um, if any of you guys don't know me and you don't know my full journey, I'm going to just give you guys a quick little synopsis. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur, y'all, since I was 18 years old. Um, Honestly, probably even before that. Um, But I've always kind of had that uh, knack, that ability. Um, I was Ashley Stone Hustle. So I always knew how to basically um, make money and take my hobby and turn it into a service and and so on and so forth. And over time, I actually ended up learning along the way um, from the School of Hard Knocks. I, am, I have my PhD um, from the School of Hard Knocks. And so basically, I am like I learn, I grow, I I pivot, and I'm always tweaking at what it is that I'm building and developing um, with my businesses. And so so with that, what is really important is um, in that process um, of building and creating anything, it's really important to be flexible and being able to adapt. And we've talked about this um, various times on different episodes when I do talk with other women, because this is a huge thing. I mean, that's really the... The premise of what I want to share on this show is the fact that we can adapt, we can overcome, we can, um, you know, see things through to the other side, even when it's hard. 
and so on and so forth. And that's like my core message, right? And so when you decide to become an entrepreneur, when you decide to do anything of substance, when you decide to, you know, step out of the box, step out of the norm, the usual nine to five and um, the normalcy of what is everyone else's um, way of showing up, it really comes with sometimes some challenges, but also some creativity and some innovation and some really dope stuff that makes me honestly, truly obsessed, like obsessed with being an entrepreneur. Like I just love it. I I really, I can't do anything else. And, and it's just what I know. And I love to build things. I love to problem solve. I love to create outside of the box. But when you think this way, when you think differently when you, um, you know, have ideas that, you know, often are, are things that maybe doesn't exist in the world or people haven't seen. You have to be prepared that not everybody's going to get the vision and not everybody's going to understand where you're at or what you're doing. So that's why it's so important to um, learn how to hone that ability to be able to kind of be like right with yourself because yourself is going to be your best friend through the, this process, right? Because what happens is if you start putting too much out there for other people's opinions and thoughts and perspectives and, and so on and so forth, it can really actually take you off the complete path of what you actually should be doing, right? Um, part of being an entrepreneur, what you should be doing is actually going against the norm. You should actually be, you know, um, breaking barriers and and hitting glass ceilings and all of these things because that's what entrepreneurship is all about y'all and pivoting and um having to make a lot of decisions in that process is really hard it's really really hard and you know having these conversations with people that don't understand um can sometimes pivot you off into somewhere in another direction where um you know cuz you're trying to fit the mold of what someone else thinks um you should be doing but um, but I digress. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about pivoting and entrepreneurship and and all of those things. So I'm gonna bring y'all back to um a little bit of my story again, um just so you could have a, a grasp and understanding of of the pivots. This is the made the most majorist. Um, I don't even know if that's a word, but it is the biggest pivot I've ever done. Um, and I've had to do many along the way. Um, as I as I grew, as I changed, as I developed. Um, you have to have that flexibility to understand that um, you have to be assessing what you're doing at all times. And with that assessment, you might have to switch what you're doing, change, shift gears, um, so on and so forth. So I like to call that a pivot. And it's so crucial as an entrepreneur to have the ability to to pivot because oftentimes we could get complacent we could get stuck and it could keep us you know behind the curve as i'm saying this i'm literally hearing blockbuster um and if y'all don't know that story about blockbuster i might be showing my age a little bit but blockbuster was one of those that saw Netflix, you know, coming through. And there were certain aspects where Blockbuster was like, no, we're digging in. Like, this is what we do. We've, we are, you know, our brand is strong and, you know, people love us and this isn't going to be the new wave. This is, this is always going to be the way people, you know, um, come in and get video and get their content or whatever. Um, and so we all know what happened to Blockbuster. They didn't, they didn't pivot. They didn't adapt to what was happening and changing in the environment of the, um, media world and streaming and all of that. And so, um, 
they didn't last. And so that's, that's always the uh, risk that if you don't learn how to do that, um, the risk is you, you end up losing it all. And, and that's always a fear of mine. Um, there's certain aspects I think even right now I'm dealing with where, um, you know, fears and, uh, emotions and attaching to things, um, is just something not only are you going to have to face a lot in entrepreneurship, but you're really going to have to learn to deal with it and to overcome it and to not let it take hold. Like fear has no place here. Fear has a no business with me. And so you have to somewhat, you know, be somewhat fearless and, and, you know, a risk taker, but you also have to kind of be calculated in what you do. And so that requires strategy that requires being ahead of things. Um, it requires you to, you know, run a business in present time, learn from past times, but then also, you know, have the fortitude and ability to see in the future to say, okay, this is the direction we're going in. And oftentimes, um, if you don't, then you are going to be kind of stuck and, and complacent and, and not be able to, um, grow your business or, or basically stay alive. Right. Um, because that's what it is. That's, that's the truth of it. So, Y'all, I'm gonna probably digress into a multi- multiple stories as I as I say all this stuff because I'm gonna give y'all nuggets and then I'm gonna give you stories and then like my ADHD is gonna kick in in different moments so I will do my best to stay focused and on track. So okay, blockbuster, you totally took me off track. Going back to my story, so I started my company when I was 20 years old. Um, I was pregnant with my son. It was a beauty beauty. Um, it was a beauty hustle. It was it wasn't a company. It was a hustle, and um, I was traveling out for clients doing wedding hair. Um, I was about to say makeup, but y'all did not want me doing your makeup at that time because I was not good at it. Um, so I had a friend that I was like, "Hey, my clients keep asking for a makeup artist. Like, you should join forces with me. I'll help get you the work, and then I'll just take a small cut, and you can come on these bookings with me." So. It really was a hustle. Um, the way how it even came about is actually like a, a just an interesting story. Um, but either way, I started it and I went out for this one client and I couldn't believe how much money I made in one booking. And at the time, 20 years old, um, I was working part time in a salon. I was pregnant um, and I was just like not making much money. And so when I went out into this booking, I was like a light bulb moment. I'm make, I just made killer money. I made my whole paycheck. I make in a whole week. Um, in this one booking. And I was like, I need to do more of this. And so being the hustler that I am, my phone is going to keep going off and it is across the room. So I'm not going to step away. I'm just going to tell this story. So ignore the noise in the background. So anyways, so I was like, okay, me being the hustler that I am, I was like, this is amazing. I need to, you know, really, I need to do more of this. How do I do more of this? And so I'm going to drive home. I literally came up with the name Beauty Entourage. The entourage was me. Me is her, her is I, just the one. But I always like to think of myself in third person and we say we a lot and all the things. So I'm like, okay, we're an entourage. It's just me, but they don't got to know that. So I started the name. I went, got the domain. Like I went to town because I was just obsessed. And so um, I started creeping on MySpace and uh, getting bookings and um, putting myself out there that I did this service. And at the time, not a lot of people did this service. And I slowly grew my entourage to my friend that was a makeup artist. And then as time went on, um, I brought more and more girls on. And then eventually I actually opened my first brick and mortar. I opened a salon, um, 
about three years later. Um, so, you know, I kind of just did this little side hustle and it was seasonal. So I never viewed it at really as a business because in my mind, I was like, you know, we grind it out, uh, May through October, but really the big dream and the big goal was to have a salon. Um, I always wanted a salon and spa. So I figured this was a great stepping stone to get me to that dream. And then as time went on, y'all, I was just so obsessed with it. Um, definitely whatever you do in business, be obsessed with it because it will keep you, it'll keep you going. And working on your business is one of the most critical things you need to be doing. Um, I come across people all the time that tell me that they're an entrepreneur and you know, they're small business owners. And it's like, did you create something to have a job or did you create something to build a business and have a life? Um, they're two different things y'all. And so I, I definitely, you know, had this vision that I wanted to build a life. Like I didn't go to college and, you know, I, I came from, um, minimal. And so I wanted, I wanted more and I was pregnant with my son and had him at a young age. And so this was, this was my way of, of being able to build my life. And I sure enough did. So as time went on, I, you know, opened my brick and mortar. I had this side hustle beauty entourage and probably about five years into it, three to three to five years into it. I was like, man, I never really looked at the numbers and never really paid attention, but it was my side hustle that was making the most money. And it was my salon that was draining the most money. And um, I came to that realization and I didn't know because I was really intermixing, intermingling my money. Um, and I really wasn't much of a businesswoman, if I'm being really candid. Um, I was I was a hustler. I, I knew how to make money. I was really talented in my skill set. Um, so I, I went out and I, I got the clients and I just kept looking. And I never really paid attention to what was happening on the back end until I really had to start paying attention because I was taking in a lot of money and I was hiring people and I was starting to have all these, you know, things that organically I was building, but didn't really realize I was doing, but I had to assess it. And I had to, um, come to this realization that I needed to actually, I need to, to rethink how I was doing things. And so in 2012, um, so yeah, it was five years after I opened my brick and mortar and about eight years, y'all eight years, no, seven years after I started Beauty Entourage. This is the thing about when you're doing a business and when you're growing something, when you're in entrepreneurship. Oh, see, this is what happens when I don't... Hold on, y'all. And of course, it's going to be a spam call, but that's what I get for not turning off my phone when I just jumped in and hit record. Welcome to my life. I'm going to turn this off. Ignore me. Ignore me. Turn. Goodbye. 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 Airplane mode. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. I'm back. Um, so one of the real, real things about business is people will think you're an overnight success when you have success and they don't realize the amount of years and the effort and the learning and, and all of the, the, good and the bad and the in-betweens um, that it took to get there. And so seven years in, I realized I was um, killing it, but totally burnt out and not really killing it because I really created a job um, that I called my business. And so with that, I had to kind of assess everything and say, okay, I need to, uh, I need to learn how to properly understand my finances. I need to also learn 
um, why one is doing better than the other and why I'm putting so much into this when I should actually be paying attention to this, right? So that was kind of one of those those pivotal moments um, where I had to make a decision. And honestly, it was really hard because um, my dream was my salon. My dream was to have my salon and I had it and I was slowly leveling up. I, I opened that salon legit like in the hood. And as time went on, I was able to afford to um, go into better areas and to move my salon into a better building. And and I kept leveling up in that way, but I never realized that it was Beauty Entourage that was actually paying for all that. It was the work I was doing literally half of the year that was funding the work I was doing, the work that was burning me out and and that I was doing full-time um, and, and working like a mad woman. And so if you're not organized and if you don't like put things in place and you don't understand finances, like I understand, especially being like a creative and I know a lot of creatives that have businesses or just people that start businesses in general, they do it oftentimes out of a hobby. But if you treat it like it's your hobby and you don't treat it like a business, like y'all, you're doing yourself such a disservice. Um, so you really need to like assess and it really is a game changer when you start to look at it from that perspective. Now the downfall, and this is my struggle sometimes, is the downfall really is, is like, just know when you start a business and you do it off of the strength of create like your hobbies or and things you you love and you really enjoy without even getting paid sometimes, um, just know when you create it into a business, it changes the dynamic of that creative outlet that you that you often love, um, something to assess in the beginning when you first start, because, um, it changes the dynamic. It definitely, it definitely does. Um, I love doing hair. I love, you know, making people feel good and and the confidence it brings when you start running it as a business and then you start having employees and you start bringing in these other layers of things, it changes your relationship with that creative outlet for sure. And that is, I think a struggle. I don't know that I'll ever really get past. I, I've definitely been working really hard to get to a place where um, that doesn't happen, um, I guess. But uh, that's a podcast for another day. And I'll explain more on that um, another another episode. But anyways, um, so needless to say, I, I have, I'm a right left brain kind of chick and I love the creative aspect, but the business side was the reality where either I, I wasn't going to keep on being able to do this and working for myself if I didn't start paying attention or I was just going to be spinning my wheels and just doing what I was doing forever. And I decided I didn't want to do that. So I had to make a choice. And so emotionally, I had to detach myself in that choice. And the choice really was um, beauty entourage. But I still couldn't fully wrap my head around completely getting rid of my salon. I felt like, you know, I wasn't fully at that place yet. But if I separated the two, I could keep moving along and I could now have a better understanding on how I assess how I move forward, you know, in the long term. But in the meantime, I had to at least make start start making some decisions. And so in 2012, I separated those two businesses um, and it took me about four years um, to finally get to a place of stability, of learning, of growth, of understanding, of putting all the things in place I needed to do before I 100% felt comfortable enough to say, okay, 
I'm ready to walk away from my salons and I'm just going to do beauty entourage full time. Um, in 2016, I launched some of my own software and, um, that was unique to how we booked for beauty entourage. It was, uh, it specialized in, um, specifically like group bookings, group multi-person cash out, um, all these unique things to how we book. We book actually backwards, um, the way our timing works. Um, so it's not a typical salon software. Um, and I was like hell bent on this being a need in order for me to grow in order to sustain. So another, another pivotal moment where I had to make that decision where I assessed everything. And I was just like, if y'all don't see the, the commonality in this is like, you have to assess and make certain decisions, detach emotions, make a calculated risk. Boom. That's how I do everything. And so in 2016, I was like, okay, I need to assess. I need to calculate this risk and, um, I need to make a decision. And then this is, here's my fork in the road. And my fork in the road was actually investing in this software, which I believed was going to help me scale my business. Um, everybody, everybody was against it. No one believed in it. Um, they didn't understand. It was like, no software like this already exists. I even have family in tech that were just like, wah, 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 wah. this exists already. Don't spend this type of money. Da, da, da. And then next thing you know, you know, an on-demand uh, beauty company, everybody was trying to be the Uber of beauty at that time or the Uber of anything because Uber was killing it. And so the concepts are very similar with how I was building beauty entourage. And so someone came out with the Uber beauty and, um, I won't, I won't say their name, but they're, um, uh, <laughs> they're, it remind it, 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 uh, what is it? It rhymes with Bambod. <laughs> I don't know why I just came up with that anyways. So, so anyways, they came out and of course, like my tech family was like, did you see this? And I was like, are you kidding me? I could do this, but I also could blow holes all in their software. I was like, this, this, they need this, they need this, they need this. And I'm like, you know what, girl, you need to just take this leap of faith. Here's your calculated risk moment. And, um, and I took it. So, um, that's, uh, that's, y'all, I got stories on stories. That's going to be another episode, but I'll, um, very long story short. Um, I launched the, I ended up hiring developers. I launched the software, bing, bang, boom. By 2018, we had 80% growth. We were in four different states. We launched new lo- new locations. We went from a team of 12 slash to 18 um, to a team of 62. Um, from there, I was able to say confidently, boom, closing my salon. Pivotal moment. Here goes another pivot. Ashley is stepping away and pulling out you know, the thing that made me feel safe, which was having a salon as a backup. Um, but again, I had to assess everything and truly it wasn't really feeding, um, what it was I was trying to accomplish and do. If anything, it was actually pulling me back. Um, so I made that choice. I sold my salon, um, and any other businesses I was involved in, I pretty much cleared my plate and everything went into beauty entourage in 2018. And I was excited because I had the freedom at that point where I was making enough money to be able to create whenever I wanted to. I didn't have to take a client. I wanted to take a client. Um, completely different mindset in, in, that, in that instance. And, um, and then I had my team and I ended up building my like headquarters that I absolutely 
my dream headquarters. I finally could afford to, you know, really put a beautiful space together that I just loved. It was for me. Um, you know, I'd let people come in and use the space, but that was my place. And, um, so I, I built that. And then of course, while I was there, it was so pretty. So many people wanted to come and rent. And I was like, well, I could expand across the hall and I could, you know, make this beautiful space even bigger and rent and build residual income. So my mind, now that I was starting to understand money and I was starting to understand my finances and, um, just understand business at a deeper level. Um, I was now willing to invest to say, okay, let's diversify, um, what we're doing, but mitigate the risk, right. By creating it as a rental, as opposed to having a salon with employees commissions, all these different layers that I really didn't want to go into anymore. So I was like, okay, so I'll create this rental opportunity. Cool. So we do that. That's completed by 2019. So I had my dream studio. I had this rental and it fully rented y'all. The second I opened its doors, 10 chairs, fully rented. Um, so it was great. And I was just kind of like, all right. And then I have this seasonal business. We have systems and processes we're building out. I have a team, you know, everything is going great. But the problem that started to happen in 2019 was, um, you know, when you, when you obtain a certain amount of success, um, especially whether it be from outside looking in or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, I definitely hit a lot of, um, bumps in that year in the way that on one hand I was hitting every goal, every stride. Like I truly was in under the impression that, um, you know, things were just really amazing and great. Um, what I failed to also realize in that time that um, there was a really good portion of my team <laughs> that um, felt as though um, I don't even know. To be honest, I couldn't even tell you what they what they felt. Um, definitely um, felt some type of way and decided to uh, part ways. Um, and in doing that, they did so by basically ripping almost all of my like marketing and branding, uh, techniques and, um, even, you know, using pictures of our clients and just basically ripping everything I had created and that they witnessed behind the scenes. Cause they were, they were my core, my core team. Um, and so with that, it was unexpected. Um, and a good amount of them, my core people had, uh, decided to pivot on out of my business, but in doing that, um, really tried to uh, take a lot of ideas and uh, just just steal a lot of things. And it was it was devastating. Um, and as much as it was hurtful and it was hard, I had this monster of a business and I had about, you know, eight girls that were my core people that were on bookings um, that I now had to figure out coverage for and 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 put a lot of things in place and plug a lot of holes. Um, because that's what happens when you are the business owner, everything falls on you and the client does not care. Um, it's not their problem. And at the end of the day, it's not. And so the reality is I had a reality check of a lot of things. One, I, I built a beast of a business, um, which was able to withstand what occurred, but it landed a lot on, um, me having to figure out a lot of things that just was unexpected. 
And so that turned into me working 18 hours a day. Um, and that was my schedule for about three months um, until we got through the end of our season. I wore every hat, every role. I got us through it. Um, in the meantime, I was dealing with legal stuff because there were so many things that were just kind of ripped, stolen. Some of it was trademark stuff. Some of it was intellectual property. And so it was it was not um, a fun experience. Uh, definitely wasn't fully my first go around with some of these things happening, but it certainly was the most intense because it was just, it affected so many pieces of um, what I had built in the way that like, it was just, you know, people that worked for me, it was team morale, it was, you know, culture, it, it, it affected so many pieces because they were a core aspect of um, the people alongside me. And so what's difficult sometimes, I almost started this episode with saying uh, collaboration over competition. And I definitely want to talk about that on another episode too. Y'all, I got so many episodes in my head. So it's going to be, it's going to be, a, it's going to be fun because I'm going to start actually coming with those episodes here soon. I'm not going to be doing as many interviews coming up and we're going to talk about some of these real things. But anywho, um, that led me to the next stage of me sitting down and assessing everything that did occur when I could finally find the space and time we got through the season, I was able to, you know, sit down and assess and go, okay, how can I avoid this in the future? What can I learn from this? Where did I miss something? Where did I, where could I have done things differently? Um, and how can I protect myself in the future? Um, because we were just, you know, we had rapid growth in two years and I ran with that rapid growth and really focused on the inside of the business, creating, um, you know, systems and processes and understanding finances and, um, you know, in all these things that a lot of people don't understand. And then now I'm like on the flip side going, okay, how do I protect myself? Um, and how do I create barriers and, and boundaries with certain things? And, and even on a personal note, because it was hurtful. I mean, there were people that I truly had um, friendships with and that I trusted. I probably overshared. Um, that's a thing. And so I had to take a step back and assess how I proceed from there. And at this point, just to give perspective of timeline, this was in, in December of 2019. Um, and so I took that space and time in that first quarter uh, January, February, um, right before hitting March and really put some layers and things in place, um, to better serve us for the next coming season. And then also during rehiring and re-strategizing and then financially putting us in a better position in our lowest months that are normally our low months in our season, I was able to kind of really establish, um, a really great process in those 18 hour workdays um, that I was able to perfect in that time. So that was the silver lining in that chaos. And what that resulted in is me having almost a million dollars in contracts for uh, 2020. Um, the biggest, the biggest actually um, year that we were ever going to have. And so I had just gotten to this place of just like, wow, I, I came through it man, that was insane. And like, I'm going to find the silver lining in this and I'm going to keep pressing on because if anything, 
that blessed me to actually become a better businesswoman, to plug the holes, to, you know, fix some some things in in the growth process because the growing pains were rough. And I was able to kind of like fix that and and also make it a better situation for new team members coming in um, to avoid any of the the issues that arose in those six months prior. And so, so yeah, I just, I had to rethink my business and I did, and I took it on and I took responsibility and I made things better. And so we were going into one of our biggest years, um, ever and we rehired and I was ready to go. And then we got the news of this, uh, this pandemic that, you know, was at first, you know, if I'm being honest, at first I was like, okay, this is going to be a thing. I always felt it like something was felt like it was going to be more um, than what it was. But at the same time, I kind of welcomed the break to just, um, you know, shelter in place and like just take that time and breathe because I was running a marathon for about eight months. And so I was just kind of like, cool, I'm going to use this time to spend it with my family and like, you know, a couple weeks, no big deal. Our season didn't actually start until May. So those months that we ended up um, having to shut down and all of that um, really didn't uh, affect us initially. And then time kept going on and it it truly was affecting us. Um, It kept rolling over into hitting the event months and I started getting those cancellations. Um, And so with that, I also had my rental space and I pretty much carried the rental space for about two and a half months when I got to a place of just being like, this is financially like, I feel blessed that I was in a place to be able to um, help and not charge rent to any of my renters and to just take the hit up front. But it got to a space of like, this is going to financially ruin us. Um, if one, these things start canceling. And then two, I keep carrying the costs of the entire company plus my rental um, business. And so, so with that, I had to, um, you know, think about how I was going to approach my renters and I really treaded lightly. I was really nervous to lose anybody because I really wanted us to all just, you know, stick together, but I wanted them to understand my perspective as well. And so I tried to address it and, um, it didn't, it didn't really, it wasn't really well received. And it basically resulted in uh, a couple of days later, all of them, nine out of the 10 deciding that they were going to exercise a clause that was uh, allowing them to get out of their lease. And so nine out of the 10 did. And at that point, I think I, that's when I hit my, my bottom when I was just like so exhausted from everything um, leading up to the pandemic that when the pandemic happened, I really tried to go into it with this like light and bright perspective of just like, you know, we're going to rest. It's no problem. And then it just got to this place of just like feeling all over again. Um, I was being abandoned and feeling all over again that I worked so hard and like, I just feel like I'm in quicksand and, you know, something's got to give. And so I ended up taking a break right after that. And I flew down to Texas and went to go visit family. And while there, um, I was just kind of, you know, praying on it, seeing what it is that I needed within my own self that I had to find um, to stay strong and to stay, you know, resilient in that mindset of just like, I can overcome this. It'll be fine. 
Um, and so I took that break and went back up to Connecticut and it was not maybe a week I was back. If that, um, we were told we could reopen, um, but I had no renters. I had one. And then I was like, it's all right. I'm, I'm going to act like I got 50. Like I'm ready to go. Like if, if I got one, then we're opening, like we're going to do this. And, um, you know, that was my renters, but I also, the event stuff I had, you know, these 62 artists that still worked for my company, you know, waiting to see if the events were going to start happening again. So that was kind of on hiatus. The first step was get the salon open where I could have my one renter working. I could get back out there. I could do some hair, whatever I needed to do to keep things afloat and get some kind of income coming in, which meant income really just to, to pay for everything. And so, um, so we got prepared, we were ready to go. And then, um, in that I found, uh, or four more renters found me and wanted to come into my space because they had nowhere to go because some salons were opening and some, some weren't. And so I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I don't know y'all, but y'all seem nice. Like, let's do it. I'm here. And so, um, we had this meeting all sitting around the table and getting ready to prepare for this opening. And, um, we all at the same time as we're standing there waiting, um, I was looking at, uh, my phone went off and someone else's phone went off and I was trying to ignore it. Cause my phone goes off all the time. And so one of them looked and they were like, you've got to be effing kidding me. And I was just like, girl, I don't know you, but I don't think you would say that. <laughs> like, unless something like big just happened and all of a sudden everybody's phones were going off and everybody was like, what is going on? So what happened was the governor of Connecticut decided that he was going to change his mind on when the salons were at, specifically the salons, when we were going to actually be able to open. And so he was retracting the date, which was only just two days away. Um, he was retracting the date from allowing us to open and at that point, y'all, I was just so done. I was so at my wit's end. I was so just over everything. Um, I was ready to just say, you know, like just burn it to the ground. Like if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And I'm just going to just go in right now because I'm just angry. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, losing everything. I've just been fighting so long for for years to build and to grow and to adapt and to pivot. And like here I am faced with this stuff that's not at the result of anything I did wrong, you know, it was just, you know, I just had to kind of deal with it. And you had to pivot in those times, numerous times to just even survive and stay open. And that, that was a whole mess of things, selling products and doing door pickups and just like all kinds of stuff. And it was just like, I'm just sick of pivoting because there's no, there's no positive outcome of what, what's happening right now. And so I went off and, and from going off, I went, I took it to social media. It was a combination of doing a live and I let, I had a lot of words about what was happening and then it was rallying. And so I rallied with another really well-known barber and, um, within, uh, 24 hours, we had over 10,000 signatures, um, petitioning the governor. And then I was on good morning, New York. I was on good every good day, good morning, everything, um, sharing about what was going on. And then at the same time, um, getting ready to protest and go to the Capitol. So a few days later, um, within like 72 hours, we had a protest at the Capitol. We had about 3000 people show every news station. Um, and so needless to say, we were able to get the governor to let us open, um, the following week. So, 
so that was, um, that was, that was a ride y'all. That was, that was a whole experience in itself. And, uh, we finally got to open, but unfortunately, um, I opened with uh, half capacity with the new renters. Um, but unfortunately at that point, the writing was on the wall and with the event space specifically, um, because the events were canceling. I mean, my May canceled, my June canceled, my July canceled, August was starting to get kind of, eh. and then, um, so what was happening is some people were canceling and trying to push into September, October, thinking they would be good by then. So it just created all this additional work um, that was daunting and exhausting. And I was back to those 18 hour days. Um, and so at that point, I looked at my hus- husband and that's where the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate pivot happened, y'all. Um, I looked at him and said, we're moving to Texas. <laughs> and he's like, girl, calm down. Um, hold on. Let's, you know, figure this out and assess everything. And here's that word again. We got to assess the damage and assess the situation. And it didn't take much rocket science to sit down and assess and go, I'm going to lose a lot of money this year. And that's going to also include our savings and our everything we have, unless we like literally make a decision um, and get ahead of this at least. And so I had to literally zero emotion, um, make a decision. And that was, I bought a house through the internet in Texas. um, And within probably just a few weeks, we were packed up and heading down and off I went into the sunset of my new Texas life. That was the ultimate pivot of me leaving everything that I was building for 17 years of my life. Um, and it really truly was off the strength of saving my business, not necessarily running away from it. Um, I really truly was like, I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to, you know, remove myself from the things that honestly are making me depressed and pulling me into this spiral of mental health and, and, just there was a lot of heady things happening um, with my feelings, and just it was a lot. It was overwhelming, and I needed to remove myself to be able to gain myself back personally, and for me to then figure out, um, you know, what my next moves would be to save my company. And for whatever reason, I believed it was going to be me going to Texas that was going to be able to do that. And so that was my ultimate pivot for my business. Um, and from there, y'all, I mean, the story is, I'm looking at the time, I'm at 41 minutes, and I'm like, that this is going to have to be a part two, because there is no way I could tell you this story of what happened in Texas when I got here. It would, wouldn't happen in four minutes, y'all, wouldn't happen. Um, but the moral of this episode was, uh, was about the ability to pivot and to assess where you're at and to be able to make hard decisions by removing the emotions behind it and truly just taking a look at truly what you should be doing. And it's often found in your numbers. It's often found in your finances. And that's why they say all the time, if you ever watch Shark Tank, you got to know your numbers. And because truly, if you have a really good pulse on your business, you can forecast, you can predict, you can calculate the types of risks that you can take and what you can't and what what is good and what isn't. And that's why it was so detrimental back in 2012 um, for me to assess and make the decision of 
separating my businesses, really honing in on what a business is, um, finances and business structure and systems and processes. Granted, y'all, I didn't get that all figured out in 2012. I didn't even get it all figured out in 2016. I finally got to a pretty decent place by 2018, but it took a lot of work and understanding and um, mentorship um, and just working on my business. And that required me to step away from being the operator in the business. And that's what I did in 2018. And so, you know, I think that oftentimes as business owners, we get caught up one in the emotions of what we do because we love what we do and we're passionate about what we do and we believe in, you know, what we do, but we don't necessarily understand that a business is a living, breathing thing outside of us. And if you're not treating it as such, it can die. And if you are not thinking ahead and, and nourishing it and, um, you know, be being willing to pivot and to adapt and to, um, you know, assess and and make really hard decisions, then you're not going to have a business that survives. You're not going to have a business that sustains. And so it's really important for me to share my story because it's really what I know. I mean, I'm truly, when I say I'm an entrepreneur, y'all, I'm an entrepreneur through and through. It's my, it's the way my brain operates in everything I do. Um, I often tell people it is a lifestyle. Um, it is a way of life, but there are definitely ways you can do it. Um, I won't say wrong because I don't think that there's necessarily um, wrong in the mistakes that we make. I think um, there's lessons. And if you are willing to learn from yourself and from your experiences, then you overall are going to have a better business. Um, a better life, a better, uh, a better ability to lead, um, all of those things. And so you got to be really real and transparent about what the journey looks like. And for me, sharing my journey on this episode and also on future episodes to come, I really hope that there's a message within this for someone to learn where they don't have to take 10 years to figure it out. Um, they don't have to you know, maybe they don't lose their business because they're not able to pivot or they, um, you know, maybe they're struggling, you're struggling with, um, you know, making a decision and, and what that could look like and then not making a decision. I mean, what that could look like is actually far more detrimental than actually finally making the decision, whether it's a hard one or not. Um, it's really just, you know, staying, staying true to that process of knowing that it's going to ever be ever evolving and you're not always going to have the right answers. But as long as you are actively pursuing um, what you do and you're actively working on what you do and you're actively growing, um, really, you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. Whether you hit, you know, rock bottom, because you might, um, but that's okay because as long as you come at it with that mentality and uh, that perspective of being like, you know what, um, I can overcome this and it might be chaotic, but I know I can do this because there's always a lesson and I'm going to learn it. If you approach everything from that perspective, then a pivot won't be hard. A pivot will just show you how much you've grown and how much you are deserving of this title of being an entrepreneur and being a business owner and making really hard freaking decisions because 
you're going to face them a lot. And again, the biggest tool in your tool chest, tool belt, is going to be one that is the word of pivoting and adapting and assessment and just knowing those things. And if you can, if you can do that, then you're going to be able to survive just about anything. And so I'm in that now, y'all. I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm in that mode of needing or considering that I need to pivot again. And it's hard, and it's frustrating, and um, it can be exhausting. And sometimes that's where, where I am some days. And that's why it's easier for me to interview other people and talk about all these different stories that spin off of theirs. But as soon as I um, come to the mic and share mine. The reality is I'm still living this story. And so um, I have all kinds of things that I could share from the past that I'm sure would be very valuable information. And then I know in the moment as I'm experiencing it is just as valuable. And so those are going to be the episodes I'm going to come with in these here next next month, I guess. Um, I'm going to keep coming to the mic and sharing these stories um, and then also sharing the nuggets of goodness. I just covered along the way. So with that said, y'all, I am off to a meeting and uh, I came, I saw, I showed up and that is the most important thing. So regardless of me being in the chaos at the moment and trying to figure out my next pivot, um, I definitely uh, think it's important to show up and and I did that. So that's what this episode was. I'm I'm showing up and I got it done and uh, recorded another episode, episode 2222. We are making things happen here at Beauty Behind Chaos and uh, stay tuned because there is definitely going to be more to come. And part of that pivot uh, might be involving a little bit of Beauty Behind Chaos and the more things that I would love to do with this. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure y'all will hear about it when it does. So um, until next time, y'all, thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for kicking it with me until the end. If this episode inspired you, share it with a friend because when we learn, we live and we can all use a pick me up. I would love to see if you benefited or enjoyed this episode. Use the hashtag beauty behind chaos podcast. See you next time, beauty.